I praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. How many believe that he's here right now? Isn't there an awesome presence of God? He can do what no one else can do in your lives and hearts. He is here. our singers and musicians today have done such a great job all the songs uh, that they picked go right with my message today I, all I did was tell them what my title was going to be and those that are responsible got the right songs I think God's got a, something he wants to do here today not because of me but because of you. You see, when you pray in secret, God hears you. And when you're desiring things, God knows that. And uh, sometimes he works through the ministry to help you realize that that's happening. And I feel like that God has got something for someone today. Amen. Romans, the fourth chapter, verses 21 through 20 through 21. And Psalms 84 and 11. I apologize for my wife not being here. She's under the weather today. Might be because she lives with me. I don't know. Amen. Romans, the fourth chapter, verses 20 and verse 21. And he staggered, that, of course, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, hallelujah, he was able also to perform. (laughs) Psalms 84 and verse 11, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Thank you again, singers, for your beautiful music today. My wife told me before I left, she said, Now, you know you're supposed to go until 11 o'clock. I said, No. I go until I'm through. Now, when I was pastoring, I preached a whole lot longer than I do now. And the reason is I've been sitting in the pew. (laughs) So uh, when I get through, I'm through. If it's 10 minutes, don't say amen. If it's two hours, don't say oh me. But uh, let's hear what God has instructed me to share with you. I appreciate uh, Brother Bushnell having trust and confidence in me of allowing me to stand behind this sacred place in his stead. I want us to take another look at the scripture that I read. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong, but was strong in faith, 
giving glory to God. Whatever we do, whatever you do, whatever you accomplish, be sure that God gets the glory. Amen. Too many times, and, and I'm not trying to be too negative, but too many times a lot of things that are done in the kingdom of God is for self-recognition and set it to him being glory. You understand what I'm saying? I won't go no further than that. But everything should be to the glory of God. I am nothing, but with God, I can do all things. You understand that? To him be the glory. And being fully persuaded. Now, I know it's night outside. How many agree with me? It's dark, isn't it? Look. Oh, no, you're persuaded that it's daylight. That's the kind of persuasion we need to have. Fully persuaded that what he has promised, he was able also to perform. Hallelujah. And I take my text from that, being fully persuaded, he was able to perform. My subject title today is simply this. Do you believe his promise? Do you really believe his promise? Now, a lot of times we, we say, oh, yes, we believe it. But there are times in our lives that we doubt. You can say amen. Nobody's going to, you know, I'll be the first to say amen. You know, help, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I, I know all the promises in God's word are true. There are over 39,000 promises in the Word of God. And uh, some of them I don't want. Some of them I do want, Brother Joe. Hallelujah. But every promise that he has and every promise that he has given in the Word of God is going to come to pass. You can be sure of that. And uh, I had noticed in the past week or so that many different people that I was talking to in the men's prayer, it was mentioned, uh, different ones talking about the promise of the God. Last week here, they talked about it in the past. Brother Bushnell has been preaching about the Word of God and the promises of God. And uh, it just sort of, I'm not going to say that God told me, but something nugged me into what I have to share with you today. Now... We've got to understand, and we can be sure of this one thing, or fully persuaded of this one thing, that the promises of our Lord are steadfast, and they are sometimes true. You agree? They're always true. Hallelujah. Steadfast and always sure. Jesus has never, never, never broken a promise. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I have, and so have you. And you really come to the realization of it 
when a loved one, a wife or a husband or a child or someone you know says, but you promised. Ever heard that? And the shock and reality comes back, yes, I did promise. But we don't have to worry about that with God. When God promised you something, it is steadfast. It's unchangeable. Now, I need to say this right now before I go much further for someone's benefit. Brother mentioned it this morning about distractions. This is not a time to be distracted in the time zone of God's will for you. Somebody, evidently, God knows more than I know, but evidently somebody that is here today, and you're not here by chance or by coincidence, God ordained it for you to be here. God has a way of bringing things together for his purpose. Hallelujah. And so somebody needed what I am going to be sharing with you. Really, it's not what I'm doing, but what God is reassuring and confirming to somebody to bring your faith back into focus and have complete trust and confidence in what God has said to you. Now, it's so easy to be distracted. Somebody ought to say amen. My Lord, there's so many things in this day and time, and I'll be one of the first to say I've been there especially, and it seems like in the last few months. You ever, anybody, I'm the only one that just seems like everything is just, you know. Now, you that have the secret and everything's okay today, well, well, the glory, God bless you. Sometimes you just, there's so much fog and smoke and, and things happening, you wonder, well, how am I, where, what, where, you know. The devil has a way of distracting us to get us away from, make us doubt the promises of God, make us question the promises of God. Surely that cannot be. That won't happen. And so we doubt what God has promised in his word, and then consequently we doubt what God has spoken to us personally. Some of you sitting under the sound of my voice, God has made you some promises that have not yet been fulfilled, but God is here through me today as his spokesman to reconfirm to you that God was not going to forget the promises that he has made to you individually. Not only the promises in his word, but the promise that you have. Oh, hallelujah. Now, I could name all kind of distractions, and we could spend all morning preaching on the different distractions. <laughs> we all have them. You might well say amen. But I'm asking you to somehow to, this morning to stop and look at what is distracting you. What is it that has come between you 
and doing the will of God. What has distracted you? Now, my prayer today and my, my feelings are is somehow, God, that you would help your people to have a renewed trust and faith in your promise. Jesus said in John 6 and 63, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Spirit and they are life. Hallelujah. His words bring life. Now, I want to give you a little secret. You cannot successfully live for God if you never look into this word. That's your food. That's your road map. That's your instruction manual. That's your strength. That's the clay and the glue that holds the family together. If you're trying to live for God without the word in your life, you're never going to make it. I'm just telling you that. It's just, it's just the way it is. And maybe that's why the Lord said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The word of God is a thing that everything is controlled through. The word of God is like the, uh, the banks of a river. It holds the river in the flow. Everything in the Word of God keeps it in that perspective. Anything that gets out of the banks is called flood water, uncontrolled. Anything that gets out of the Word of God in your life, friend, is out of control. You may be wondering why there's so much chaos and trouble in your life. Maybe you need to go back to the Word. Well, it's good preaching, brother. Smith. Keep on. You can't live for God if you never read and study the Word of God. Even our Lord and Savior, when the devil came to tempt him, he said, It is written. <clears throat> Hallelujah. My earth, heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word shall not. Well, glory. <clears throat> now, someone is going to leave here today with a new faith in the promise of God that he has made to us. I wonder if anybody could give him a little praise about right now. God said it. You believe it. That's it. Tell the devil to go take a long walk on a short period. Tell him to get lost. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, I want you to notice Revelation 3 and verse 20. Say, preacher, why in the world are you going to there talking about the promises of God? The Bible says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, notice, he said, Say it with me. I will 
come in to him and will sup. That simply means or to dine with him and he with me. Hallelujah. Now, that word sup or divine, and I could take a lot of time this morning, but but I want to challenge you. I'm going to say something that some of you may have never heard or you may have heard, but it's kind of slipped through your head. In, in, in the olden day, in the, in the Eastern customs of the Bible, there was what they call a salt covenant. Anybody ever heard of that? Anybody? A salt covenant. That simply meant that it was a binding pledge or promise with the person you took salt with. You took a covenant together. That means, Brother uh, Clifton, if you and I would have taken a salt covenant, no matter what you've done, I would back you. I would be behind you. It would be something that I would never go against you for. It's a binding contract. In fact, the business, if they took a salt covenant, it meant that you could go into a, a, a thief's house and say, I'm taking a covenant with you, and he did take it with you. He would take your money and hold it and protect you from anyone else until the next day he would give it back to you and you could go on your way. A very binding thing. And so is it possible that our Lord here is saying, if I'll open the door and if you'll come in, We'll have a covenant together. <laughs> I got your back, Bubba. Ooh, if God be for us. <laughs> Come on now. I don't know what the devil's been telling you, but you need to realize God has your back. <clears throat> you remember when the children of Israel were fighting and they said, listen to the moving through the mulberry bushes? That meant that God was going before them. I mean, when they were marching on this side of the mountain and doing what they're supposed to, God was sending ambushments on the other side. The Lord has your back. And maybe, and, and maybe that's what he's trying to say here is, if you'll come in to him, he says, I will sup with you and he with me. That word behold, when he said behold, is like us saying, and let me, let me have your attention, please. Then if, when he said, if any man, that means that you have a choice. You can stay on the outside if you want to. You can listen to what God said. You can come to church and still not be in church. You can come around and never be affected. You can leave the same way you leave. But I'm here to tell you today, you come to a place that you can find what you're looking for and realize that you can have somebody, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, will have your back. Lord, I want to have a salt covenant with you. Hallelujah. Praise God. When Jesus says, I will, it denotes assurance and dependability in all he has promised. What are you saying? It's not all talk. He can do the walk. <laughs> when he says it, friend, it's, it's law. Now, anybody believe that? Praise God. I mean, I mean I'm glad God's on your side. Well, glory. I'm glad he's got my back. Amen. 
My Lord, when I turned the pages, I've heard turn four or five of them. All right. Now, here we are. I wish I had a photographic memory where I could remember all this stuff, but, you know, I can't. In comparison to Jesus, who is all true, everybody say he's all true. We know that Satan is a liar and the, I won't say it. Say it again. All right. So he tries to copy all that God has done for the good of mankind. Now, that's why the Bible talks about him coming in sheep's clothing. Deceitful. Before Lucifer's fall, he used the same expression, I will. If you notice Isaiah, the 14th chapter, verses 12 and 15, he says this. How, the Bible says, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into the heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Five times he used the same thing that our Lord used saying, I will. Hmm. But you better remember, uh, you know, no matter what he says, he's a liar and the truth's not in him. I said, he's a liar. You know, I, I've been there. I've been, I've listened to him and get all been out of shape and kind of realized, hold on a minute. This is not right. I'm listening to a liar that can't even tell the truth. So that means when it comes to you or me and he begins to tell us that we are no good, that we are unfit, that we... We've messed up that we should throw in the towel. We ought to give up. There's no reason for us to try to come to church. You might as well stay home because you're not getting any benefit. When he tells you all those kind of things, you've got to remember, he's a liar and the father of lies and the truth's not in him. <clears throat> in fact, the business, when he comes and tells you those things, if you will believe the opposite, if he tells you you're no good, that means you're good. If he tells you you can't live for God, that means you can live for God. If he tells you that you're going to be destroyed, that means that God's got a home for you. Oh, my Lord. Don't be afraid to call him out. Hey, Lucifer, devil. I, I was preaching in Winfield one time, and, and I was, had a meeting with some of my ministerial staff and there was a young preacher there in, in it and I was telling about telling them, don't be afraid to call out the devil. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in, you know. You, you have a right. You have the power and the authority of the name of Jesus to put the devil where he belongs. Don't be afraid. Don't walk around shaking all the time like the devil's going, he can't jump on you. You can put him on a run. Use the power of the name. Use the power of the blood. So this young man said, oh, man, I don't, I don't 
Every time I start talking about the devil or trying to come to the devil, I say, everything happens. I said, what in the world is wrong with you? You have the Holy Ghost, don't you? What is the Holy Ghost? Who is the Holy Ghost? Who's living inside of you? What, know you not that you're not your own? You're bought with a prize, therefore glorify God. The Holy Ghost, he said, I am the comforter and the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. So if you have the Holy Ghost, you have, you don't take a Philadelphia lawyer to figure out what you got. Come on now. Some of you may not even be a realization of what you really have and according to the power that worketh in us. Come on. You need to let that power go and realize that you are a child of God. He has your back and you can tell the devil, I come against you in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind you by the power and the blood of Jesus. Call him out. Lucifer, I have news for you. (laughs) I don't care what you said in your I will, but I'm here to tell you, you will never ascend. You will never be exalted. You will never sit on the mount. You will never be like the most high. Newsflash, Lucifer. (laughs) The only thing you will ever be is in the pit of hell. I don't know about you, but I read the end of all this. I know where he's going to spend his time. And I know where the child of God's going to spend. Come on, it don't take a Philadelphia lawyer to figure out which one you want. How in the world can you live in sin when you can live out of that and live with God and God be in your life and you can go to heaven one day? What in the world is the devil going to give you but nothing but destruction? Well, glory. (laughs) Satan, thy wills are based on deception and falsehood. His eye wills are death and destruction. John 10, 10 says, A thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy but jesus came so that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly notice he said you now let's look at the eye wheels of jesus (laughs) jesus can and will perform his word If you don't believe that, friend, I'm sorry. You're not going to make it. You have got to be persuaded in your heart. You've got to put that in your life and leave it. 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, the 24th verse says, Faithful is he that called you who also will do it. He got you back. He said, I'm faithful and I'm going to do it. Somebody ought to say amen. That's a promise. Do you believe it? I said, that's a promise. Do you believe it? To the leper, Jesus said, I will be thy clean. To the believers in John 6 and 40, he said, and this is the will of him that sent me that everyone which seeth the son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Wow. What a promise. It's like that old song we used to sing. 
Soon and very soon, we will, we shall see the king. Come on, soon and very soon. Come on, choir. Woo, hallelujah. Why? Because he has already said, I'm going to raise you up. There ain't no grave, pardon my English, going to hold this body down. I'm going to get up. I'm going to get up out of the ground. There's coming a resurrection that we're going to get out of this and the loved ones are going to be seen and we're going to be together again. We have a promise of that. Ooh, hallelujah. My Lord, have mercy. It needs to get into our hearts. Quit hanging your head in the mully gubs and This is the day the Lord hath made. Let us be gloomy and sad. No, this is the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. The next I will that Jesus uttered is found in Matthew 16 and 18. And he said, and I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Hear me. The church, hear this now. The church is ordained by Christ to be the body which bears his identity and carries his name. Now, I'm not talking about names. I'm fixing to get on muddy water here. I'm not talking about the name on our church door is not going to save you. But I'm talking about the church. God's church is ordained to bear his identity and carry his name. That's why we have baptism. That's why we are baptized in the name of Jesus. We take on his name. (laughs) Well, glory. The Bible says, you remember that they took note of them that they had been with Jesus there was something about them that reminded them of him in our camouflage Christianity today (laughs) I wonder how many of our friends and associates know that we are Would it be a shock if you told them, I'm a Pentecostal? What? you got to be kidding me. <laughs> well, glory, you know. <clears throat> Can someone tell if you are a saint of God or not? What kind of mark are you leaving in your society? What kind of mark are you leaving with the people that you're around? Are you fair? Are you loving? Are you compassionate? We're talking about the attributes of Christ. Now, hello? If we say we have him in our lives, there are to also be something coming out of us that say, hey, you remind me of somebody I heard about. But no, you know, we, they don't get out of the way of the red light just in time. We say a few, you know, screams and hollers and blows our horn and, get out of the way, you idiot! Or we're in the store shopping. I get, oh, Lord, help me. I, I, I get so aggravated sometimes. 
Now, I don't shop much, but when I go, I'm a people watcher. Most men are. I know what I want when I go. I get it. And I go sit down and I watch people. It'd be surprising. And, and, and I get so... Well, what am I talking about, please? I get so aggravated to watch Pentecostals. Hello. Hello. I mean, even by other Pentecostals. My wife gets mad at me sometimes. Hey, man, how y'all doing? Where y'all go to church at? I like to do this. I say, you one of them holy rollers, aren't you? <laughs> well, glory. I'm just, anyway. But we should be joyful for what we have. You are privileged to be a child of God. You have the glory, greatest thing in the world. My Lord, put a smile on your face. Don't look like you've been eating green persimmons. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, glory. Quit meddling. Go on and preach. We've got to carry that identity. It's more than just long hair and, you know, and the men dressing right, the women dressing right, and all, you know, this stuff. It's more to it than that. You can have all the outward appearance, but you can have a very bad heart. You can have a bad spirit inside. God help us. Don't ever let that happen. Don't ever put your nose up in the air and act like you're better than somebody else. I know they're probably taping. Are y'all taping this? Oh, no. Brother Bushnell, I'm sorry. Just that old pastoral time coming out in my life. In my, I'm sorry. Y'all disregard it. What is the purpose of the church? Why do we have a church? Why do we even go to church? What is the purpose of the church? It's not here for some, you know, still, some still don't get it. How do you look at the church? If it was just a meeting place, we would just be another club with a few rules. But the church, everybody say the church, is a soul-saving station. It's a hospital for the hurting, for the wounded. It's a soul-saving station for the lost. It's a place that we come to see Jesus. They sang that, oh, some beautiful songs this morning. They have such a message in it. He, he's all I need. What about you? It's not just a meeting place. It is a place that we meet God. It's not to see who's who or, or what somebody's doing or not doing or, you know. It's a place to have it. It's not a place to have it my way or your way. Oh, here I go again. I'm sorry. Now notice, and I'm, I'm fixing to close here. You're going to get out early. <laughs> I could really ride a couple of horses here this morning. Now, Jesus did not say the gates of hell would not come against the church, but that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church will be lied on. 
Are you hearing me? The church will be persecuted. The church will be hated. The church will be tried. But are you hearing what I'm saying? But the church <laughs> is going to live on. As the old song goes, it's been through the fire. It's been through the flood. But one of these days, the church is going to move up higher. Hallelujah. And one of these days, the Jesus that I'm serving and you're serving will present to him a glorious church. Without spot. Amen. Now, I said all that to say this, to bring someone to this point. My, my desire today that I was impressed upon, that God impressed me to say, share with you is, Renew your trust and your confidence in the promise of God. And number two, this great, glorious church. You, if you are not, can be a part of that great, glorious church. You can leave here as a born-again child of God. Hallelujah. You're not here. You didn't just happen to be here. Everything that's happened in the last few days in your life, come on, you know what I'm talking about, has been an influence that has led you to this place. God brings you to a place. You say, God works that way. I've known the Lord to speak to somebody in some other place and fly somewhere miles away and go into in, in the, in the terminal where they land and God puts them with a person to tell them that God loves them, that they can be a part of this glorious church, and they become a part of that church. You think God wouldn't do that here in this place today? You think you're here just because you're here? Oh, no, friend. You're here because God <clears throat> has brought you to this point. Why? Because he loves you. And he wants you to be a part of this glorious church. So if you're not a part of this glorious church, you can be today. Oh, Brother Smith, it's Sunday school. It's Sunday morning. I got to eat. God's not on our time clock. I'm telling you, you can have an encounter with God here today that you never thought possible. If you will, he will. Now, let's face it. You know what I'm talking about. Pick up your newspaper. All you see is things going on. We're living in a world now that's filled with so much sadness, earthquakes, floods, hurricanes, people hurting, people hungry. All over the place there's sadness, there's gloom, darkness, and death. But the church is ready to rise up in power, in redemption, and righteousness, and resurrection and rapture Jesus said in John 14 and 19 because I live ye shall live also if we will but hear the word believe and receive the I wills of Christ into our heart then are we persuaded that he is able to perform his will in our life do you believe that today? Why don't you stand? 
And he promised in his word, he said, To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. The third chapter of Revelation. He also said in John 6 and 37, And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. That's a promise, Bubba. That's a promise that he's making to you. That if you will come to him, I will not cast you out. So if you'll come to him, he will not cast you out. I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning while they're playing and singing. If there's anybody in this audience would like to come back to this front and stand around if you want to be born again, if you want to be renewed, if you want to have strength and the promises of God, it's open. Be sensitive. Why don't you step out now? Hallelujah. If you will, he will.